This is Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson from TeachersPD.net, giving you effective teaching and learning strategies for your classroom. Hi everyone, this is episode 6 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today we're looking at blended learning. So blending learning is essentially a mashup of traditional face-to-face teaching and using technology for that purpose as well. Personally, when I do it, I often call it an in-flip where the students will watch the video in the classroom. I still might provide some direct instruction to some of them or when it's needed, but generally it's a bit of a combination where the watching of the videos or the looking at content is done in the classroom and not at home. So why might someone use blended learning? Well, Firstly, it frees up the teacher to spend more time with the students on the things that they need help with. So you are no longer constantly standing at the front talking. It allows you to walk around and actually help students when they need it. It also will save you time because you don't have to wait for the students who are struggling at the lower end. And you also don't have to try and keep up with the students who are at the front. It allows you to really differentiate your classroom really well and saves you that time in terms of working your way through that content. It also allows the students the opportunity to move at their own pace and to use a mastery or a competency-based approach to the learning sequence rather than our traditional more timed content approach where you simply try to move through the content and you might pace that at a particular level that generally is around the middle of your class and hope that that works for most of them or at least that you can then do slight adjustments for those at either end. Blended learning is also really good for creating lifelong learners because it enables your students, each of them, to actually experience success in their learning, which then brings those happy hormones on, which helps students to then enjoy the process of learning, even with its challenges and its difficulties, because they're reaching and achieving their goals and celebrating those goals, it means that they're actually beginning to really enjoy what they're doing. So how might you go about a blended learning approach? Well, there are lots of ways that you can create a blended learning environment. Uh, You could, for example, do a 50-50 where half your students will watch some instruction or do something using technology while the other half are with you doing something else that's either face-to-face or, uh, you know, might be a collaborative activity or something that you're going to walk around and help them with. You might put up the lesson instructions on the board or a PowerPoint and let the students work through the activities in the order that they're put up there. Or you might allow it as a bit of a choice board where they can choose them in any order. And just as long as they're getting one from each section or they're doing all the activities you've put up there. You could also add more detail to your booklets that you might be using already that you hand out to your students so that the students can work through them at their own pace and can go and look at videos or websites or some kind of content where they don't need you to present it all to them. And you could also create a thing called HyperDocs, but I'm actually going to do a whole episode on HyperDocs because it's such a fantastic and useful tool. And if you've never heard of it, please go and have a look at hyperdocs.co. There's lots of great resources there for you. Now, one of the best things about blended learning is it allows you to do things in a self-paced learning process. And you should really look to take advantage of this. So you should check in with your students to see where they are up to if you're going to do a self-paced learning process and where they're going to next. So where are they and where are they going? You should build in a lot of formative assessment or checkpoints throughout the process, much like you would with a project-based learning type environment just to see where they're at and where you're going to move them onto or where they need to go to next. If they've been sidetracked, you could help bring them back onto task. 
you could also use the blended approach for project-based learning. You will need to plan some clear differentiation into your tasks and activities that you already use. And you can allow a lot more collaborative tasks and for peer feedback. I think peer feedback really becomes excellent in a blended classroom approach because it continues to free you up to focus on the students who really need that feedback. I recently saw an example of blended learning on Edutopia. A teacher called Kate Gaskell was using the blended self-paced approach and had a check-in process with her students that I think was absolutely fantastic. She had what she called a do-now sheet that really helped her to check in with each student throughout the lesson. And that, I think if you're going to do a blended learning approach, checking in with each individual student is really key to ensuring that you are being effective in your teaching and helping your students to develop a love of learning. So if you want a copy of this Do Now sheet, you can grab a copy at teacherspd.net. But the sheet asks the students to basically state the objective for the lesson in their own words to identify a strategy that they were going to use to help them to finish that lesson and to get through the content or the class activities or whatever it was that they were working on. It asked them what lesson they were up to in terms of the progress throughout the self-paced teaching and learning program that they were doing and how they were going to keep on pace with their learning so that they weren't falling too far behind the others in the class, but also making sure that she allowed them to do it at their own pace. And finally, the sheet also allowed her to check in on her students' emotions. So where were they sitting? You know, were they in an emotional place where they really weren't going to get a lot of work done and needed a bit more help? Or were they pretty excited, pretty keen to get going? Then once the students completed that junior activity, which they did at the very beginning of every class, she would then meet with each student very briefly. They would come to her and give her the sheet. She would quickly just kind of read through it with them and chat to them about it and ask if there was anything that they needed from her for the lesson. And then she would tick the sheet and the student would go back and get stuck into their work. And I think that's a really fantastic thing for us to be doing, to be checking in with our students every lesson. And she made sure that she saw each of her students. There wasn't a student who missed out each day. So every time they were in her class, she got to see where they were at and where they were going. So I want you to give it a go. I want you to see if you can create at least one blended lesson this week. It'd be fantastic if you could manage to make you know, a couple of weeks worth of blended work and kind of prep ahead so that your students can work through it at their own pace. That, that'd be fantastic too. But just start with one lesson Use the slip that you can get on teacherspd.net. Just go to the podcast, find this episode on blended learning and it'll be in there for you to download or make a modification of it. And I want you to check in with each of your students during the lesson as well. I want you to check where they're at with their learning and where they need to go. And if you can create a two-week kind of booklet or some kind of flow chart, even if it's all your presentations, if you've got all your PowerPoints already, just stick in a few notes in there about some activities that you would have the students do from that. And then let the students work through it at their own pace. That's allowing that blended approach because then it frees you up to help them while they're in class. And they can go through that stuff in class. And then within that approach, just make sure you're doing that frequent, everyday check-in with your students to see where they're at. And if you do it for like two weeks or something, then just see if their learning has increased. See if it's actually improved what's happening in your classroom. See if it has allowed for effective teaching, but also helped to create a love of learning in your students so that you are beginning to create that joy as they see success. Because one thing that blended learning, particularly if you do that self-paced approach, it means that your students will always be successful because if you start to use self-paced, it becomes a mastery or a competency-based approach. And once you start to use that approach, the students 
always are going to achieve something. And so as they begin to get successes, they start to enjoy learning and they see themselves more as learners and they see the next goal as more easy to reach, more likely for them to achieve. They start to become more confident in themselves, which helps them to become lifelong learners, which you know is the goal. Every time I'm doing this podcast, I'm talking about what is effective teaching for creating lifelong learners. I don't want my students to just do well in a quiz or well in an exam. I want them to be able to do well in life. I want them to be able to learn stuff that life throws at them and that requires them to learn the skills around learning. And I think that things like blended learning and flipped learning that we talked about in our last episode, they're the types of teaching approaches that allow your students more responsibility for their learning. It allows them to progress at their own pace a lot easier and it allows that competency-based approach, that mastery-based, making sure the students actually know something before they progress on to the next thing, which for me I think is really important. In fact, I would almost say it's the foundation of creating lifelong learners is that they all get to experience success and then they start to develop that joy that we see coming with success in anything, but you're going to create that in learning so that they start to really enjoy learning and see themselves as learners I know that's what happened to me when I went through school. I started to really enjoy learning. And so I am a lifelong learner. I will always be learning. I love reading. I love doing courses. I love sharing my knowledge. I love chatting with people and networking and learning from others. I think that's really what we're aiming to create with our students. So please give it a go this week. And I hope to be chatting to you again next week. You've been listening to Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson. Please visit TeachersPD.net for more effective teaching strategies and online professional development.